Hi, and welcome to the first episode of season two of Law Talks. Today, I'm joined by Shona Roberts, a future trainee at Clifford Chance. Shona grew up not feeling like a typical lawyer, their parents not going to university, and being a member of the LGBTQ community. In this episode, Shona discusses the route into law that ultimately secured a training contract. Being a close friend of mine, it's such a privilege to have Shona join us on Law Talks for this interview. So Shona, I was wondering if you could just tell me a bit about your journey into law and why you decided a career in law was for you. So yeah, it was kind of a bit of a mistake, um, a bit of an accident. It wasn't really planned. Um, So I just got this email one day from which university? And they were advertising this commercial law internship with um, the Bright Network. And I remember saying to my mum, like, oh, how cool would this be if I did this? And she was like, why would you do that? Like, you're literally, you want to be a historian. You've always wanted to be a historian. Like, just stop getting distracted and just live on your path. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, fair enough. She has a point. But then I thought about it and I kept thinking about it. And then I started getting targeted ads for it. So that's when you sort of know that you're in a bit of trouble. Um, So, yeah, I got the targeted ads and I just applied and I was like, you know what, let's just see what it's about. And I believe it was it was Slaughter's, A&O, HSF, Sidley and Clyde and Co were like the main sponsors. And it was really good because you got like a complete insight into all the different levels of law. Obviously, you have the American firms, you had the Magic Circles, and you also had like National with Clyde and HSF. And we did, on the first day, it was like a load of introductions to commercial law. And then on the second day, you did like a, like a sample and it was all on M&A. And I remember sitting there at the start being like, oh, this isn't going to be interesting. And then I literally had like the best time ever. I just loved it. You just got to sat, like, sit there and just Google all of these things and just learn so much. And obviously, you know, it's a classic, like, oh yeah I'm gonna be like Harvey Specter but no it was actually just really interesting and it really really took me by surprise so I was like oh no like what do I do now because it was only a three-day thing and I was like it sort of wet my palate which is a weird expression but it did and um it sort of gave me like the insight that I needed but also like not enough so I then did like loads of things legal cheek and just started like researching into the sector and I was like waiting to find something that I didn't like about the industry and honestly I didn't and I still haven't and this was about a year and a half ago so I think that's a good sign that I'm still going and I'm still like yes this is what it appears to be like a good thing for me and a good fit but it did completely take me by surprise. No that's so cool and was all of this remote? I know that sounds stupid but yeah so this was during the pandemic where you started to get yeah yeah so I took I took three days vacation days from work to do the insight scheme and then everything else was like there's legal cheek hour-long webinars Mm -hmm. and different things like that and like the legal cheek um careers fair obviously none of this is sponsored um (laughs) they were just really good resources and they had like loads of different firms there and obviously a chance there and the rest is just sort of history yeah no that's great and I guess the pandemic kind of added another hurdle into your career in law made things a little less straightforward than perhaps they have been for previous aspiring lawyers 
But you mentioned there that was your first time with getting to know Clifford Chance. What happened from then to you becoming a future trainee there? So I, again, I'm going to mention another platform, um, signed up to Vantage. They're a brilliant organisation who... So you just create a profile and that's it. And then you kind of just leave it. And then all of a sudden you get these emails just come flooding into your inbox with all these different firms saying, oh, we've got this different opportunity that we think you're eligible for. And I remember I got an email from Clifford Chance saying, oh, we're having this webinar on Spark. You should come. We think you're eligible. And this was like the first week of me at university. So I had so much going on. I was like, but no, I think I want to do this. Like, this sounds interesting. And then I went along and listened to this talk, this hour-long talk about Spark. And then I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. But then was kind of like, cool beans. I'm now going to go and live my life, you know, first year university student. And then I got another email through Vantage um, from Clifford Chance about Accept, which is the LGBTQ plus conference. And I was like, oh, okay. It's them again. I liked them. I thought they had like a good vibe. Um, I'm going to apply for that. And I did. And I got on. And they sent me an email saying I got on to accept on my birthday. And I was like, that's a sign. Good things always happen on the birthday. And it's, you know, I take it. It was a good, it was a nice little present, nice little surprise. And then did accept. And it was just brilliant. Like it was unreal. And I know you've done it. And it was just. It's a really good influence to firm in the culture. Yeah. Obviously yours was in person, mine was online. Yeah. So it was really bizarre because we had like um people from the Amsterdam office, people from Singapore. So you sort of got this really bizarre this whole like complete insight into the firm and all their different offices just in this one day. And they yeah. also did these incredible brownies from Lumos Bakery. And I really did sweeten the deal. And I was kind of like, you know what? This is definitely, I can see myself here and I feel very comfortable here, which was quite, it took me by surprise because I was like, still at that point, no, law's not for me. Like, you know, I don't look like an average lawyer. I don't sound like an average lawyer. I'm not, I haven't got that that background. And except just completely changed that. So then I started writing my application for Spark. And then, yeah. Briefly, can you explain what Spark is? Because... Um, a lot of people will have heard of vacation schemes and, you know, the training contract. But from my understanding, this is quite a niche work experience placement. So could you just briefly explain like what Spark actually is? Yeah, so I probably say that Clifford Chant has a lot of niche experiences. They have um, access now, which is for, I believe, year 12 students, which is obviously quite different, um, except it's for LGBT students. And Spark is... Um, it was when I did it last year it was with all first years this year it's changed and it's um first year law students second year non-law students um but it's all it's basically replaced the vacation scheme because Clifford Chance no longer does vacation schemes so it's a weeks long experience where you just get an insight into the firm and all the different practice areas and it is just you're bombarded with information in the best way possible. Like it was such a good week and you meet all these fantastic people and you just all sort of like develop together. So you have to do uh, like assessment centre to get on to Spark and then you did a conversion interview after Spark, which is how I got the training contract. 
Well, firstly, congratulations on the training contract. I know I've said this to you before, <laughs> but that is truly a fantastic it fantastic achievement um especially considering you're only in your second year of university like that is amazing um and on the topic of applying for you know these kind of placements vacation schemes specifically spark in the case of clifford chance and beyond what is a typical application like for one of these legal placements um could you kind of guide us through you know the watson glazer the application stage and any hints and tips you have i know that's quite a heavy question yeah, um, yeah, so I did Spark and Clifford Chance was always my number one and they were always in my head where I saw myself going. Um, so I'm quite fortunate that it's turned out that way so soon. Um, but I have applied to like other firms, so I did Insight Afternoons and Insight Days and workshops with different firms. And for me, all the applications were sort of sort of short to medium long answer questions. So I remember I did a non-law workshop with Freshfields and I had to write 450 words about me and my extracurriculars and how it related to the firm. Spark is 600 words about yourself. Um, Linklaters, I think it was like 200 words about like their agile mindset and how you related to that. Um, there were lots of like different types of things, which I know is quite difficult. And when you're trying to give advice, it's so hard to like tailor it. Um, but the best thing that anyone's ever said to me was look at the key competencies of the firm, which should always be on their like graduate recruitment website. Or if they're at any event, like it's worth asking, what do you look for? Like, what is the ideal trainee and what skills do they have? And I, being the nerd I am, made a little Excel spreadsheet <laughs> and had in one column like all the different key competencies. And then I had like an example that I was going to use in my 600 words. And then when it came to like interview prep, I did like another column. And that was sort of about how I could like link that back to the firm or like any firm specific experiences that I've had from Accept or any like networking event. And I tried to make it like as specific as possible. And I just sort of learned that, but not really learned it. You definitely do, I think you're correct in saying learn, like you do have to learn how to write an application. It's so different to any essay you will have written at school. Or yeah. Even different to a personal statement for university. It's, you know, like you say, being that specific for each firm, it's it's a challenge. Um, yeah. And then in addition, obviously, some firms require the Watson Glazer, uh, which I think our listeners will be familiar with, but just in case they're not, it's the uh, psychometric assessment which some law firms require you to do in order to get a placement there and a lot of people struggle with this part and I was just wondering how you found it and how you improved at it so I don't like saying that I hate anything but I did hate the Watson Glazer test um yeah it was to such an extent that when like I got the trading contract um not only did I cry on the phone to, and someone had to ring me back 20 minutes later because I was crying so much that I didn't actually believe them um I was talking to like my friends on the scheme and they were like oh well I might do another like, I might do a winter scheme so I can just get like more experience and make sure that it's definitely the right firm for me in my head I was like that's a really good idea but I don't think I ever want to do the Watson later test again 
So I was just like, nope, this is it for me. And I, yeah, really didn't like it. But the only way I feel that anyone can get better at it is just to practice it and just practice and practice and practice and actually understand it. Like try and know what the different sections are asking of you. And because I did... I did. I was one of those people who brought one of those kits, the one of those online kits to help, and it did work really well. But even when I passed, I think I just passed. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a tough. I mean, can it be called an exam? I guess. Yeah. It's a tough exam. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's interesting that you mentioned you bought one of the online kits because, in my experience, applying for vacation scheme and stuff, I did the exact same thing. And yeah. I know many aspiring lawyers do because whilst there are quite a few free Watson Glazer practices, I personally could only find two or three. I needed a lot more than that to practice. Uh, and this kind of links to a question I wanted to ask you is, do you think there are enough work experience opportunities for young people wanting a career in law? And the reason I link this is because, you know, the fact you have to buy these resources could be a barrier for some young people. Mm. Definitely. Know like your thoughts on what more can be done in the industry. Yeah. Well, I did buy one of those packs, but before I brought it, I emailed the company and I was like, this is really expensive. Is there like, you know, this is so expensive? And then they replied to gave me a discount code. So always try and do that. That was a a big, big help. Um, but I think it's really difficult and interesting because earlier you were saying my route was quite different because it was all virtual but then that's also all I've known and I think now it's really interesting how the pandemic has changed things because you've now got so many firms doing like forage schemes and everyone kind of has different opinions on forage and whether it's realistic or not but I think actually if you think about what I did for that insight scheme that I spoke about to begin with and what you do for like the typical forage scheme I think they are quite similar you just don't get that networking element and you just don't really get to connect with the firm but you still do get quite a lot of insight and there are videos from different members of the firm and I think that's probably the future especially as like as I was saying Clifford Chance who no longer have a vacation scheme and part of that is because of Spark but also because they believe in like democratising access to the profession And the best way to do that is through things like Forage, which is like a free online thing that the majority of people should be able to access, especially like if they're at college, they can go to to their school and do it there. I feel like that's probably the future. And in terms of like work experience, I think it's really hard because law is one of those things that even when you do vacation schemes, it's there's so much like private information that the work you're doing isn't really like real work anyway. So it's kind of in a way, it's one of those professions that's I think really hard to like understand until you're in it. And even now I feel like I don't really know what it's going to be like when I join, but that's kind of makes it fun. Yeah, I think you're so right. And I think most um, trainee solicitors I've spoken to have said that every day is different and every day surprises them. So yeah, I, like it's an office job, but it's not an office job. Yeah, even when you're there, I think it's going to be. Sometimes you might not know what's going on, and I think that's just yeah. part of the role. And like you say, that is part of life. What makes it so fun? Um, 
slightly odd question because I guess from what you've described about your route into law becoming a barrister was never really something you considered but the classic question to any aspiring lawyer is you know barrister or solicitor so I was just wondering if you've ever even considered becoming a barrister. Yeah so it sort of goes back to that internship experience I did at the start of this whole journey if you will. Um, They spoke very much about how commercial law specifically was very collaborative and how you'll always be working on a team and how there's like a there's a flat like management system that you can like climb up if you want to but also you don't have to um and it was very much this is what we do as a team we all have different skills we all work together and we all like complement each other so then when I was researching that it never even crossed my mind that like a barrister was a route but then when I did start to think about it and I did think about this question when I was preparing for like all my interviews I was like it just never considered like it never crossed my mind and I think that just shows that I'm just not interested in it at all because it's always like the classic idea of a barrister is like very lonely just sit in their chambers they just work really really hard and what I like about commercial law is that it's business it's politics it's economics and it's law yeah I think you've articulated that so well and it's it is funny because it is the classic question like why do you want to be a solicitor rather than a barrister but actually just because that's the typical cliche question doesn't mean it's going to have been something that everyone will have considered equally just because they want to go yeah like it genuinely never crossed my mind yeah and I think that's a really good insight um and then another strange question but if law didn't exist it just wasn't a thing what career do you think you'd be looking at going into I don't know that's a really tough one um I think like I said at the start my mum was like you're just going to be a you're just going to be a historian like go do that stop looking at law maybe I would have looked to have become like a lecturer because I still am really really interested in that and probably once I reach my peak in law I probably will leave and do a master's or a PhD in history because that's just something I've always wanted to do but then I don't know because I used to do a lot of debating um still do kind of but more of like the organizational side of debating um I I really don't know I feel like because in sixth form I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and when I had my gap year that was kind of a goal that I set myself was you're going to find a career that you want to do and I think I'm just very very lucky that I've was able I I saw that email that one day and applies and got onto this experience and applies and got onto every other experience that I've done I do feel incredibly lucky that it's happened and like you say it happened in my first year and I'm a, I'm in this very privileged position that I don't actually have to think about it anymore like I don't I don't have to think oh like what if all of this stuff I mean when I was like 13 I really wanted to work at the UN but then I feel like that's just probably every 13 year old from 13 year old is a power move (laughs) yeah I know well you see my collection of power suits there you go interestingly um throughout this interview you've said you know you've just said that you know you feel very lucky and you're very privileged but uh as your friend and you know as a equal aspiring lawyer 
I know that it isn't just luck that's got you where you are. It's hard work and determination. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about imposter syndrome. If you feel like it's something you experience and if you have any advice for aspiring lawyers and how they can overcome that. I think there's kind of two parts to it. I do still kind of think it's luck. Like even my interview for to get onto Spark, it was about um, sustainability linked bonds, which sounds very niche, but I'm really interested in ESG and I've done like webinars on ESG. So um, yeah, so it's something that I kind of knew about and was then it played to my strengths and my interests. And like, like I just said, I used to do debating and I used to debate a lot about climate issues and things like greenwashing, which is what we spoke about in the interview. So I do feel like that's kind of luck in that sense, because, you know, who faked or whatever, whatever made my interview on that. I'm incredibly lucky that that was what it was on. And I did feel like for such a long time, even when I was on the scheme, um, that I was just there by luck. And then it wasn't until actually my conversion interview, which was a very interesting experience. Um, the guy, that, the partner that I had, he was a partner in asset finance. And I flat out said to his face before the interview really started, oh yeah, I'm not interested in asset finance at all. Which was such a risky move. But we did this whole interview on like the principles of a contract and he applied it to like asset finance at a like plane company going bust. And it was halfway through the interview and I just said, oh yeah, I'm not actually a law student. He was like, oh, okay, you're doing quite well then. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And we just had this conversation. It wasn't really until that moment that when I got the training contract that I actually kind of started to believe in myself. And even now, like, even when you're like, oh, yeah, this is really impressive. And all my friends are like, this is really, really impressive. I'm still a bit like, oh, but it's just, it's just me. But then in terms of, like, advice, I feel like it's, for me, it's sort of changed recently because I've just started to own it. And actually, I feel like for quite a while, I was not ashamed because that's such a stupid thing to say, but I was sort of felt like I was in an environment that I didn't feel like I belonged in and it was actually meeting other people in the environment going to events where they spoke about things like imposter syndrome and people talking about their backgrounds very honestly and very openly that I was like oh okay especially at Clifford Chance there's no such thing as like a typical lawyer everyone has these feelings yeah no matter where you are or who you come from um and then to end the interview Obviously, you've talked us through all the placements you've done, the webinars you've attended, you know, you've talked about the Forage Insight Schemes, everything. You've spent a lot of time dedicating, you know, yourself to a legal career, as well as continuing with your studies. How do you take time for yourself to relax and switch off? I think for an answer more sophisticated than I watch Gossip Girl. Um, I feel like it's such a cliche, but just... <laughs> I've been so lucky and I've met so many incredible people over this whole journey, like you, um, my like best friend Francesca, all these like really brilliant people. And I find it really funny because I don't 
really intentionally ever switch off but then I don't ever intentionally switch on either like I've kind of just at a point where I feel like I've burnt myself out so much in sixth form that now I'm just at this point where I'm just like just living and I'm doing things I'm very lucky that I love my degree I love everything that I'm studying all my modules are incredible so I'm now at this point where I don't feel like I'm working because I'm just enjoying what I'm doing and like writing a 2,500 word essay on communism can sound like a someone's worst nightmare but I found it really really interesting and I'm really enjoying doing it and I'm enjoying the process and I feel like that's such a big lesson that I've learned recently is to actually enjoy the process because for so long I just viewed university as like a stepping stone to get me to where I wanted to be and I feel like that's such a common idea for so many people especially if you don't have like the perfect university experience yeah we've both been affected by covid and lockdowns and different things like that so it's just that idea of letting go of what this perfect ideal is and just enjoying the process and enjoying the moment because eventually you're going to look back in 10 years time and think oh why was I so miserable for that whole time when actually all these really great things are happening around me and that to me has sort of just taken the whole pressure off and taking that pressure off has not has led to me you know not ever actually switching on or off and just trusting the whole thing and just enjoying myself in every possible moment, which sounds really, really cliche. And I'm aware that sounds really soppy. No, if you love what you're studying or not, you you know, you're not always going to love it, but if you wholeheartedly like what you're studying and you find the modules you're doing interesting, and I'm sure the same applies to your career, then it's not going to be, a miserable experience is going to be something that's enjoyable. Shona, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me.